You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello everyone and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NM Streamcast and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah@gmail.com, and I will answer as many as I can. As everyone knows, I have many jobs and I wear many hats. And I should really say hello to Kelsey, who's back behind the glass. So, Kelsey, thank you. But, actually, I hear you on the mic. Sorry. But, okay, here we go. Anyways, um, I wear many hats. I'm a teacher. I'm a Rebbe. I'm a fundraiser. Um, I do other stuff. I obviously do a podcast. But, as a fundraiser, my job is to go around and help people um, give to the school, to the charity I represent. And there's always the focus, I know where I'm coming from. I know what I represent. But, you know, there's really the other side. There's the donor. And there are people that help donors find charities that they want to give to. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I am joined by Arnie Drayman from way far away, all the way in Israel, even though he did visit America recently. Arnie, how are you today? Terrific. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm great. Um, are you in quarantine? I am, because I came back from the United States, and by Israeli law, I have to be two weeks uh, just as a precautionary quarantine. It's not because I'm sick or I was near anyone sick. It's precautionary. Okay, so as long as you're holding up. My son, actually, we talked about my son, um, was in quarantine in yes. En Gedi. He said it was so hot. He couldn't go on the porch. <laughs> But I think yesterday, he was actually, they brought him back to Jerusalem. He's, they're quarantined to the neighborhood. But he told... I'm um, sorry to hear. Why, I'm what? just sorry to hear that they brought him, that he brought him back to Jerusalem today because it was 106 degrees today in Jerusalem. Wow. Well, he said it was hotter in Angedi, so I, I don't know what matters. I can <laughs> but he said his falafel store is there. His schnitzel store is there. So he's a happy man, a happy camper, which is uh, what we're hoping for. You know, it's, uh, it was, it, the quarantine for the boys was hard, but they, they were troopers. They did exactly what the Israeli government asked and more, I think. Great. So, Good Arnie, I always ask my guests the same question, and uh, I'm going to ask you, who is Arnie Drayman? Thank you. Uh, I've been living in Israel for the last 36 years. I made Aliyah out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I'd grown up in the Washington, D.C. area. I've been very involved in, when I was in the States in Jewish education, Jewish community work. Uh, since coming to Israel, for the, uh, actually I went on Shlichut in the uh, mid-1990s. When I came back, I started to work for a friend of mine who had a tzedakah fund, Danny Siegel. Uh, he's well known among uh, many uh, synagogues and federations, and he, he's gone around, written, published 30 different books about tzedakah and giving. So 
I started to work for him very part-time. And over the last 25 years, uh, it's become a, my profession where I've actually worked with donors and foundations and philanthropists and individuals and families and all sorts of people who are interested in giving their tzedakah away as efficiently and as effectively as possible. Okay, so let's start there. So you're helping people give charity. Um, Effectively is really a very good word. Um, How do you do it? So from... What I do behind the scenes, what you as a donor may not see, but my, my job, my work, is to extensively, uh, thoroughly uh, see what goes on with the uh, organization so that I will uh, not only check uh, if they're doing good work. In fact, I start from the point of view where almost every organization does good work. There are a few that are thieves and crooks and, you know, the bad guys out there. But for the most part, almost every nonprofit is out there doing good work. So that's the easy part. The question is, again, if they're doing it efficiently and effectively. So effectively, I can check by seeing uh, the actual results of the work that they're doing. I can talk to their clients, see in the field, see what they're doing. Uh, I think all of us can can relatively understand what's going on with the... uh, effectiveness of how they do it, but efficiently, that's where they, it gets very complicated. Uh, I have to dig into their finances, and I have to see exactly how they're using our precious tzedakah shekels to see if they're really using them as uh, efficiently as they can. Be. And Sorry. unfortunately, very, very few are. Why is that? Like, why, why? I mean, again, I'm a school. I know we... We run a lean, uh, mean machine, and we're far away from you. You're not coming to check out a local day school in uh, Detroit, <laughs> Michigan. Um, but I, I, again, I know our inner workings. I know other schools, and and I know I happen to know we're extremely efficient because we don't even have enough money. But 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 why why would people not be efficient so, with the donors' money? It's interesting. Um, Again, I'm not going to talk about the thieves and the crooks and the bad guys, but rather uh, a lot of people do it just uh, out of not understanding how to run a business. A nonprofit is a business. It's just a business for nonprofit. It's not uh, like a for-profit business, but it still runs like a business. And so you need to be as efficient as you can. If you're running a restaurant or a barbershop or multi-million dollar corporation, You need to be efficient because otherwise uh, you're going to run out of customers, you're going to run out of staff, you're you're going to not be able to pay your electric bill at the end of the month, et cetera. And it's the same thing for a nonprofit. So I think the people who go into the nonprofit field tend to be community workers, social workers, uh, people who want to do good, but they're not necessarily uh, have any background or experience in running any kind of business. So I think that... Yeah, so, so that piece is what's missing. So I just as an aside, so here in Detroit, we happen to work, I would almost say hand-in-hand hand with the Jewish Federation. The Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Detroit gives out many millions. They give to Israel. Schools will get millions, the four or five schools involved. And it's fascinating that, and in the nicest way, we jump through hoops. They want our finances. They want to see our yearly finances. They don't care as much 
how we run our operation, how you're teaching, what you're teaching, that your your mode of 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 educating, of taking care of children, because that's not what they do. They have their committees. When we sit in front of a committee, it's a room of accountants, and you need your accountant to explain. Everything, every little thing, and and there's always the couple guys in there, or ladies, by the way, um, that go through all the paperwork and say, could you please explain um, what the item six here is? It's amazing, but but there's a benefit to it because they can tell their donors, we know that your money is being spent wisely, properly, which I think is what you're looking for. Right. Yes, So, so I'm not an accountant. As I, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I've just picked this up through years of experience and being taught by people in the field of what to look for and how to look for it. Um, you mentioned the accountant and how it works. I uh, recently uh, was checking out a nonprofit and I saw they had a miscellaneous line on their budget, uh, on, on their finances, financial report that said miscellaneous $30,000. That's a lot of miscellaneous in my, in my opinion. (laughs) So I asked the director of the organization, what is it? He said, he did not know I should speak to the assistant director. She told me she did not know that I should speak to the accountant. So we get to the accountant finally. And after reviewing the finances, I had a few other questions. Those were answered beautifully. Wasn't a problem. I was happy. By the way, when I check things out, it frequently, I will have, I could have a hundred questions to ask, but he, good organization will have 100 answers, 100 proper answers, and that's fine. That doesn't bother me how many questions I ask. It's the answers that are important. So this accountant says to me, miscellaneous, $30,000? I I don't know. It must be maybe for uh, food for the staff or uh, certain telephone calls that weren't. I'm not sure what it is. It's really nothing. So I said, oh, okay. If it's really nothing, then I, you don't need my $30,000 contribution because $30,000 is nothing. And uh, that sort of ended the conversation. Yes, not not a good accountant, certainly. And it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Our accountant for years um, was the one that spoke in the federation meetings. I must tell you, they because you're not an accountant, I can say it. They are the most boring people. <laughs> my brother's an accountant, so it's okay. But listening <laughs> to numbers... And when they would ask him, you would actually probably would appreciate it. I hated when I sat in those meetings and they would ask the accountant, so what exactly um, is your percentage of A? And if he couldn't go back like three or four decimal points, he was uncomfortable answering. <laughs> and they said, no, no, it's okay if it's approximate, you know, like one decimal point. And he was not comfortable, which yeah. of course meant that I was bored. But I, I, I'm curious when you're going through, I don't want to say the books, but you're checking out the organization and, and you see that it's good people running the organization, but they're a little clueless about running a business, do you help them or do you guide them or that's not your job? It's, it's fascinating. Part of the work that I do is helping the nonprofits be better at what they do so that if we decide, we meaning myself and any of my donors or foundation, people involved, uh, are interested in supporting that organization. If I think that the problem is solvable and the and they the organization is interested, right? They want to solve the problem, make themselves more efficient and more effective. And I'm more than happy to be with them. I will sit 
uh, as an advisory member on their board. I will do this for years as necessary because I cannot give them a donation, small or large, without knowing that the money is going to be used properly so that I really need to be hands-on. And different organizations need different things. Some will need help in personnel and HR. Some will need help in fundraising. Some will need help in grant writing. Some will need help uh, in uh, other types of organizational uh, dynamics that are going on, program, marketing and PR, and, and et cetera. So I'm, I'm happy to give my advice and connect them with others in the field because having done this now for 25 years, I've run into a lot of people. I'm happy to network with them and, and, and get them to be as successful as they can be. So do you have any good stories where you come into the organization, you you love what they do, your donor would love what they do, but as soon as you open the books, you see they're clueless and you say, guys, I'm going to help you out. You are not getting a penny from my donor till we work it out. But then everybody lived happily ever after. The end of the day, not only did they improve their their uh, their business operations, but they actually got the donation. So, sure, there are plenty. Uh, I have checked out in Israel, uh, checked thoroughly, uh, over 500 nonprofits here of which I can safely recommend about 70. Okay, nice number. So I, so I have 70 great stories. <laughs> I have 430 terrible stories. <laughs> Don't give me the terrible ones. Uh, give me a good one. <laughs> uh, in fact, there are people who we will uh, pay. We, you know, donors and foundations will help pay for uh, someone to work on their staff for six months or a year to help them. So that's not just me giving advice from us, you know, from afar, but somebody really working on the inside to uh, to get them. So it could be an animal assisted therapy program. It could be a program that feeds hungry people, uh, working with immigrants or teens at risk. All of them have taken advantage of the fact that when we say we're going to help, we help them in the way that they need it. Wow, amazing. Do you ever, I, I don't know, I guess feel or I, I guess it depends if it's the 70 or the 430, but when they see you coming and you're knocking on their or you made your phone call and you, you walk in, you probably don't walk in unannounced. We actually had a story here in town, a fascinating story, where there was somebody who had a windfall. His stock just exploded. They sold the company. And his rabbi basically walked into a school, not my school, and he said, um, could you guys tell me who you are? Because I have a donor who wants to give you like $3 million. I think he ended up giving $8 million. And we're down the street. I like wish he'd made a mistake and pulled into my parking lot. <laughs> but um, do people welcome you when you walk in and when you start working with them? Do you, do, do, are they nervous? Or that's how you can tell if they're one of the 70 or one of the 430? Uh, I tell them up front that I'm going to be asking lots of questions and it's going to be a process to get to the point where a donor will say, yes, we want to, we want to donate. We want to make a grant. Uh, it could be that, uh, uh, for example, the, the first grants are never very large. So we might give a grant of a thousand dollars or $5,000, probably not more than that. And to get to that point though, it's a lot of work. And in fact, the people who, appreciate the questions and understand why I'm asking and, and they understand how it helps them that 
you know, it may be tough going. It's sort of like going to the gym, right? It, it hurts. You know, you have to go for the burn, and, and, and it hurts while you're working out and everything else. But the ultimate goal is, is terrific, and you feel much better afterwards. And so that's sort of like the process that, that I put them through. It's not, it's not painful in, in that sense. I, I don't want to make it sound terrible. But there are just a lot of questions, and people who feel that they're annoyed by it. I, I, I've had people hang up on me, uh, even on the first phone call. Um, they just can't be bothered to answer questions about their nonprofit. You know, it's like, go look on the website. Okay, goodbye. No, but is that, uh, which is fascinating, by the way. And, and as you're calling, you're saying, I would like to give you money, answer my questions. And there's clearly organizations that don't have time for you. Now, it's possible that if you called me up and said, see, I'm going to talk to you. It's going to probably take us a couple hours. We might have to call for weeks and weeks. But at the end of the day, you'll probably get $1,000. So I can think to myself, okay, there's a future here. Maybe we'll get up to 5000 yearly gifts. Or I can think $1,000. It's going to be hours of my time. Maybe it's not worth it. Like, what happens? Or what should happen? Right. So first of all, they don't really know if it's going to be hours or not. I don't say up front how long it's going to take because I don't know how long it's going to take because if they are organized, even if they're a little bit uh, inefficient, they're, you know, if they're generally organized, uh, it, it works. So, but again, it all depends on the person. And, and uh, what I learned from Danny Siegel was something called a mitzvah hero. Danny would not look for organizations uh, to donate to. Rather, he would look for mitzvah heroes, people who are these visionaries who wanted to help change the world. Most of them uh, had created organizations. Some of them did it on their own without having any kind of uh, formal organizational structure behind them. And by working with a mitzvah hero, you really get to know who the good people in the world are. They always, always, hands down, uh, will want your help and will want to answer your questions and will do anything uh, to make it right because they understand the process uh, instinctively, intuitively. So, and it's, and it's not about the thousand dollars. It's about the relationship. And then they understand that there's a relationship to be built here. Uh, not to mention, I always tell them who I represent. So if it's a particular seductive organization, I'll tell them which one and what the website is. And they can go look and they can see that the organization supports uh, 40 different organizations to the tune of a uh, million dollars a year. So they know that the, the money is out there. The, you know, it's, it's not just the initial thousand dollars, the relationship. I love the relationship. It's actually interesting. Um, as my years in the fundraising business, and I've learned a lot of things along the way, and one of the things, and, and they write this in all the books, um, Panaz, is that his name? Panaz, Panaz. Panache. He's a famous American yes. fundraiser. He's been around the world. He's famous. And I read his book, and he goes through like the order of how you make a major ask. Okay, very nice, very interesting. And then I watched it happen. And I watched how we, now not completely on purpose, but we actually did that with a major donor. And we went from, one of the things we knew, they have to meet the head of school and the principals, and it's interesting. The principals are not the most dynamic people. They're not exciting. They're not the greatest speakers. But everybody knows they're the dream. 
It all starts with them. So I remember on our, one of our biggest uh, deals, we had to bring the, the donor's wife through the building. And it was dilapidated. And she w- walked through with a frown the whole time. And I had a group of people with me. Uh, it wasn't, it says you can have as many people as you need. Anyways, we, we park ourselves in a, it was once a library, dilapidated, five classrooms. It was our girls' high school. And we wanted them to build us a new high school. And um, she's waiting there, guns blazing. She asked one question. She says, what's with college and your girls? You probably understand where I'm coming from. So it was amazing. I had all the right people. My daughter is in Wayne State taking accounting. Oh, my daughter is in NYU taking um, nursing. Oh, my daughter is here. As soon as she heard her biggest concern... You had to see the change that came over this person. Oh, for our girls, they can't be in such a building. As soon as I heard her say, our girls, my job was over. And it really was. And they basically built us a $4.5 million building. Um, and we didn't even ask for that much. She was, like, fighting with us to give us more money. But is that what, is that what you <laughs> see? Is that, is that what happens? So, uh, that's terrific, yes. Um, my relationship with my donors, right, is such that, that I have to tell you that many of the donors have been uh, financial geniuses on Wall Street, uh, heads of some of the biggest companies and firms on Wall Street. Uh, they've been involved in other manufacturing and, and uh, businesses around the United States, Canada. Um, all of them have said to me that the hardest thing that they have learned is how to give money away efficiently. And I'm just so glad I could be part of it with them as a partner. Um, so the look on their faces when we show up at a nonprofit or uh, the look on the face of the, uh, non, of the uh, mitzvah hero at the nonprofit, it's just fascinating to watch that relationship. In fact, you mentioned uh, the look on her face. I'll come back to Danny Siegel, my, my, my tzedakah rebbe. Uh, his tzedakah fund was called Ziv. And Ziv is the aura, the radiance right. that you see on someone's face. Uh, and he, he said it's, the, it's what you see when a donor gives confidently and, and honestly and enjoys giving and what you see on the recipient's face as well. It's amazing. It's amazing. We have about two minutes left. So, so Arnie, if you could, I want two things from you. One is, I would like you to leave us with a story or a thought, your call. And obviously, you're somebody that's, uh, that helps uh, uh, donors. And if somebody would like to get in touch with you, um, tell us how they can do that. So go for it. Okay. All right. The easiest way to get in touch with me, uh, if you just Google Arnie Tzedaka, you will find me. T-Z-E, <laughs> right? Tzedaka. No problem. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm very well known. Uh, you can email me at A J Drayman. My last name is spelled D R A I M A N Drayman. A J Drayman at gmail.com or my website, Drayman Consulting at dot uh, uh, com as well. Uh, and the thought I'd like to leave you with is we always talk about how many tzaddikim there are in the world. And everybody knows the, the Lamed Vavnikim, the 36 righteous people that seem to be out there holding up the world. There's a great little piece uh, in uh, Sifre Devarim in, in the commentary 
uh, in, in uh, Deuteronomy for uh, the Torah portion of Ekev that's quoting from Daniel, where it talks about uh, how many of these people there are in the world and says that they are uh, they are just they are uncountable just as the number of stars in the sky are uncountable so are the righteous one and and I, I just want people to know that it's not just 36 there all of us can be a mitzvah hero all of us can do the right things all of us can easily uh help when help is needed and do it efficiently and effectively thank you that was amazing I should have you email me where that is. I would like the source and location. Arnie, this was so much fun. Uh, Be safe, be healthy. Um, Obviously in Israel. Um, So keeping your quarantine to let you out. I thank you again for coming. And my music is playing. I have to let you go. I hope you've all enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you to our sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. And thank you to our production team. We have David and Angel. Not Angel's out here, but Kelsey is back with us today. I hope I've left some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house we can build. Every room inside.